to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for, for coming along. Don't forget now links to our special guests and so much more. To make you a smarter traveler can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, good to see you, Mark. Thanks for coming along. Uh, it's been a while, a whole week since I saw you last. What's what's new with you? Oh, by the way, I, my, my granddaughter has just snuck into the room here. <laughs> Say say hello, Avalon, and 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 my wife Stephanie. Hi, honey. Oh, okay. Back to the show, Mark. What you been up to? In case anybody doubts that this is live radio, uh, um, what have I been up to? Let's see. I was down in uh, Palm Springs last weekend, getting ready for a couple of trips. We're going down, taking a couple of groups down to see uh, Barry Manilow does some some charity concerts uh, in Palm Springs, which is where he lives. Um, a week of them, the second time he's done it. It gives all the money to local charities, so we're taking some groups down. So I was taking care of that. We're off uh, next week to leave Thursday to go back to Gettysburg mm-hmm. and Hershey, Pennsylvania. Kind of an interesting combination. Gettysburg is a known, of course, as a historical town, but it's also this wonderful little town that at Christmas time just comes to life with all kinds of local flavor. And so we're going to be there next weekend when they have their big weekend holiday festival and then we're going up to Hershey to uh, literally immerse ourselves in chocolate for a day and a half and we're going to a Christmas market and uh, all kinds of kind of fun stuff it's going to be a little chilly back there though uh, it's like the what we woke up to this morning in the mid 40s is going to be the high temperature where I'm going so uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave the defroster on for when I get back <laughs> Hershey you know I never I don't know why I didn't it, it Sometimes places are named, and you think, oh, well, they, they move. And you go, nah, it's just with the name of the town. Uh-huh. But that's actually the Hershey Place, huh? That's actually the Hershey Place. There's a big hotel, Hershey, very fancy spot where we're staying for a couple of nights. And uh, they have a, you know all the things that big fancy hotels do. And, of course, they do all things Hershey. You can do chocolate tours and chocolate tasting. Right. And, um, just cool. about, they've figured out a way to get money out of people for just about everything connected with chocolate. Um, but it's a, it, it's really a wonderful, wonderful trip. We'll tour the old battlefield at Gettysburg, which Gettysburg is the most interesting military place I've ever toured because the battle took place there and there are these monuments all over what was the battlefield 160 years ago. And this little town still exists. And it's uh, it's just a, it's a really cool place. One of my favorite places on the whole planet, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Well, very cool. There used to be a Hershey's plant in Oakdale. We used to visit there yes, quite often. It that's was right. really cool to watch them make Hershey kisses. That was the thing I was most fascinated with. All right, my friends, we are the travel and entertainment guys, and at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark Hoffman. Imagine if you had a business and you had to have 260 million customers every three months just to stay afloat. 260 million. 
every three months. That's over a billion customers a year. Think of the lines. Wow. Who would, worse who than would, in and what out. would that be? <laughs> um, that would be the airlines. They oh, have 260 million seats to fill this quarter. And airfares have, we've talked about this, airfares have come down some over the last few months. They're still not to where they were pre-COVID, but I don't think you will ever see that again because of the labor costs that have been injected into things. More on that in just a minute. Um, but anyhow, the airlines are having some sales. Even you know that the airlines are having a sale and it's having an impact when the people at Frontier and Spirit talk about the fact that, oh, wow, they've lowered the fares. They're getting down close to ours. Of course, what ours don't don't tell you at Spirit and Frontier is that when you buy a United American Delta Southwest ticket, you get to get on the plane and put something in the overhead and all kinds of jazz. Um, with Spirit and Frontier, you don't get to do that. So it's bad news for them when full what I would call a full service airline uh, lowers their fare down close to Spirit and Frontier because Spirit and Frontier make about. Two thirds of their revenue, sixty to sixty-five percent of their revenue, comes from things that are not the ticket price. So no other airline has that luxury. They they sell you a ticket, tell you how much it is, and then they charge you for baggage and you know and where you want to sit and things like that. But of course, Frontier and Spirit do that right out of the gate. Anyways, um, flights fares are lower than this year than at Thanksgiving by about eight percent than they were last year at this time. And airlines are shifting around their capacity. Um, what has hurt the airlines is that business travel has not come back, and it used to have a particular pattern. And leisure travel doesn't have the same pattern that business travel does, so airlines are still fiddling with schedules. And I think they're kind of giving up in some places that business travel will be back to what it was pre-COVID. But anyways, um, lower airfares. Take advantage if you're looking for an off-season trip. You may not find it to your favorite warm-weather destination, but you definitely will find lower fares to your favorite cool or cold-weather destination. Guy Fieri, we all have heard his name. He's been on television, gosh, it seems like forever. Uh, we were mm-hmm. looking it up this morning, and you told me, how old what did you say he was? Uh, 55. 55, yeah. Um, he's made a few bucks off of cable television and food. Good for him. I love, he, his, I love his stuff. He's going he's one to. Of the, he's one of the few people that I really don't mind watching eat food. <laughs> that that bothers me a lot. And, I, and I can't it. handle it. People eat food on the radio either. By the I way, I watched a couple of episodes of uh, Diver, Di- Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives last night. Just by default, there literally was nothing on television last night. <laughs> there must not have been. Um, so. That was where I just stopped there and thought, well, you know, maybe I'll find a cool place to take a group on the road or something like that. Anyway, Guy is having his first ever Flavortown Fest. He is going to have it in his hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, next summer, it's going to be June the 1st and 2nd, the Food and Funk Festival um, will cool. be held at a spot near the Ohio State University campus. It says food, live inter- live music vendors, and demonstrations, June 1 and 2, uh, musical acts have not been announced. Tickets can be purchased now. Gosh, I don't think I have a link to this on our website, so I'll tell you it's flavortownfest.com if you're interested. Uh, prices range from $155 to $215 for the two-day event with VIP tickets and pricing coming soon. This is, I think, Tom, like one of the coolest stories ever. Uh, okay. We are the travel and entertainment guys, and frequently when we're on the road, we take people to theater. In fact, uh, 
Uh, my business partner, Clayton Whitehead, had some folks in New York City until they got home last night. Uh, went to the Rockettes on Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. and uh, to broad, a couple of Broadway shows. This is cool. Um, the headline says, This high-tech shirt helps deaf and hard-of-hearing people enjoy opera. It will also work for the theater. It is literally a, ja- a shirt that you put on, kind of mm-hmm. maybe more of a jacket. Think sport coat that you okay. put on. And this sport coat acts the same way that a that a hearing aid would act. So, and I haven't seen it, haven't tried it. So, please don't ask me any any details. But apparently, folks who have hearing uh, not complete hearing loss, but folks who have considerable hearing loss who have tried this say that it is absolutely amazing. the uh, The jacket will not only does it bring you the sound, but it brings it vibrates. So that the person, I can see with the, that. yeah, with the hearing loss, can um, can have that. It's a pilot program right now. They're they're using it at Lyric Opera of Chicago, and um, they have sixteen of these of these things. When they first started using them, nobody wanted to use them, but now that people have tried them, um, they say that it, it's they're going to go to a reservation system because literally there are more people now who want them then can use them. So how cool is this that, you know, that is great. Yeah. Who have hearing loss might be able to go to the theater and, um, and hear it and see it in the same way that people who can hear fully can do. So that's, that's just, that's an amazing uh, technology. That's just absolutely amazing. All right. Um, Aaron, we, we talked about, uh, strikes. We've talked a lot about this this summer and fall. As airlines and other companies have made more money, employees are coming back and saying, hey, we want our share of that. You're making a lot of money, and why are we making still the same as we were five years ago? So uh, the airlines have worked this all out with their pilots. The pilots got enormous raises. The only one that isn't that doesn't have a new contract yet is Southwest, so we keep an eye on that. Um, Americans' flight attendants don't have a contract, and they have asked federal officials for the right to go on strike. Um, They have to be released from mediation and wait 30 days before they can go on strike. So they have said that this mediation is going nowhere and we would like to be released so that we can go on strike. Um, Southwest uh, pilots are looking at a possible target date of, of December 29th. American flight attendants don't have a date yet. But it is possible that both of those could come sometime during the holidays. This probably will give the parent companies a real incentive to negotiate. But um, anyhow, it's uh, American flight attendants, Southwest pilots will keep you posted. If you have a holiday trip on one of those airlines and it comes after the 29th of September, it could be something that you need to be concerned about. Again, we'll keep you posted. And finally, last story today. Um, this has to do with um, the news media and kind of jumping to conclusions. There was a horrible traffic accident at the Rainbow Bridge uh, near Niagara Falls, the, the crossing for Canada and New York, right. the other day on Wednesday. Um, the Immediately, the first thought was, well, this could be some sort of a terrorist attack. This was done intentionally. It's at a border crossing. It's during a holiday period. Um, so immediately, you know, all the red flags went up. 
one of the news networks grabbed it and ran with it and said that it was a terrorist incident and started scaring the hell out of people. As it turned out, that was pretty irresponsible journalism because it was not. Right. And right. within an hour or so, that network had to backtrack uh, from what they had said. So um, be careful what you hear on television or radio because sometimes it isn't always accurate, especially that first report out of the gate. And um, it's also a warning to news outlets that, uh, like this one, that it's important to get the story right. And until you have the story right, don't go off on a wild goose chase because uh, what you're talking about may have absolutely nothing to do. Anyway, it was an unfortunate traffic accident. They still don't know all the details. Uh, the two people in the car are no longer with us. But uh, it, this especially applies, you know, you're on the road somewhere, you're in an airport uh, your whatever something comes up on the news or something, don't panic right away. Remember, lots of us have are walking around with little news, uh, little TV stations and radio stations in our pocket. So mm-hmm. you're fully capable of you know digging up your own news reports there whenever you want to. Anyways, be careful of those initial reports because the ones from Niagara Falls weren't all correct. That is your travel news for today. And one uh, uh, Sacramento International Airport uh, update. Uh, one thing I have learned over the weekend is that uh, is that the daily lot, or not the daily lot, but the hourly lot where you go and park to go meet somebody, whatever, whatever, right. does fill up. A lot of times people think, well, I can always park there and go meet my, my friends and take them out to the car and go. But you know what? We had some folks that uh, were dropping off some kids, mm-hmm. my daughter and son-in-law, dropping off the girls to uh, to fly out uh, yesterday morning. They got there, and the hourly lot was full up. So my daughter had to drop off uh, her husband and the kids, and they went in, and she had to go park in the, uh, uh, the long-term lot and take the shuttle back uh, and so forth. So uh, do check online to make sure the lots are available for you. Even the hourly lot can shut you out at certain times of the year. And you there you go. Go to the SAC Airport site. There is a link there to the parking lots. I updated uh, the mm-hmm. link. Thanks for mentioning this, Tom, um, just before we went on the air. And currently... There is plenty of parking available in the daily and even in the garage um, in Sacramento. We are at what is called the lull between. So um, people will be coming home and people will be going home here soon. So it appears as though the airport has survived the worst of it. But, yes, as we've mentioned many times here, um, parking at the airport is not like it used to be. So if you think you're just going to go out there and grab a spot that's 20 feet from the from the curb, and walk right into the building, perhaps not. So thanks, Tom, for that update. We are going to talk a little bit about uh, about <coughs> junk fees. Junk at, fees. Well, junk fees. After we get back here, we thought we had a little momentum, but maybe not right after this break. We are the Travel Guys. For this station. Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Guy Fieri is launching, what else? The Flavortown Festival in, tease. And after a summer of fall of dodging airline strikes, it looks like one might actually be in the works. Those stories and more next in the news. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, that you know that we uh, don't have a lot of tolerance for the junk fees that airlines, hotels, and even restaurants use to try to squeeze a few more bucks out of their customers, now momentum is building to get rid of them. But, but, 
An update on junk fees in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. A lot of butts there. Uh, earlier yeah. this year, we told you about a cruise around the planet that would last three years. Over 100 people signed up and paid for a 1,000 days at sea. But now it's not happening. We have an update at 335. And in our odds and ends segment coming up at 3.50, the Tijuana Airport gets a mainline U.S. flight for the first time. And we talk how wheelchairs and other assistive devices are often mishandled by airlines and the problems that that causes. Here with the latest collection of news and tips to make you a smarter traveler, we are the Travel Guys. News Radio. The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions. Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget TravelGuysRadio.com, links to lots of good stuff to make you a smarter traveler. Last week we had Sid and Dale on and talked about uh, what's going on out at the airport and the and tips to get you in and out of the uh, TSA lines. Uh, we have a little bit of an update, a piece of audio that we've uh, acquired, and I'm going to play it with you. For, play it for you. What? I'm going <laughs> to play it for you now. Uh, some more great information to make you a smarter traveler when you head to the airport. So here you go. TSA is getting ready for a very busy holiday season. By all accounts, it's looking like it could really be at the pre-pandemic volumes at most airports across the country. We're expecting to screen at least 20,000 people per day through the checkpoints here at Sacramento, with the busiest days being this Thursday and Friday and then the following Friday. Those are logical because those are the days leading into Christmas and leading into New Year's. The good news for travelers is we've been planning for this for weeks. So we're going to have our lane staff during the peak travel times. And uh, when people come to the checkpoint, we just ask that they be a good partner in security and they come early and they come prepared. First of all, I ask people to pack smart. What do I mean by that is please leave those prohibited items behind. Either put them in your check luggage or leave them home. The most common prohibited items we see in carry-on luggage are knives, martial arts items, tools of more than seven inches in length, and of course, those oversized liquids, anything more than 100 milliliters, all of those are going to get you a bag check. If you're not sure whether something can go in carry-on or check luggage, you can download the My TSA app. It has a feature called Can I Bring? You enter the name of the item and it will tell you how to travel with it. The second thing I like to remind people of is that if you're eligible for TSA pre-check and you're traveling with children 12 or under, they can go through the checkpoint with you in the TSA pre-check lane. They'll be eligible for that expedited screening. That will keep those families together, and that's an incentive for then the adults or the guardians to enroll in TSA pre-check because everybody will get the expedited screening experience. And finally, the last thing I like to tell people is make sure if you're traveling with foods, you know if that should go in checked baggage or in carry-on luggage. Sometimes people will bring foods that they want to share with their family and friends, and so we don't want you to get to the checkpoint and be told you can't travel with it. Really, the rule of thumb for sauces, jams, and jellies is if you can spread it, if you can spill it or pour it, then it's considered a liquid, and it needs to go in check baggage if it's over 100 milliliters. Anything solid like breads and cookies and meats, those can go in your carry-on luggage and travel with you. So just take a few minutes to uh, know how to travel with those items. If you can spill it or pour it. That's the first time I've heard mm-hmm. that description. That, that's great. That pretty much uh, kind of clears it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, because lots of people, when they're traveling, will buy jams and jellies and things like that. 
you could go into a jam or a jelly shop. For example, I'm thinking something like apple butter. You turn it upside down, it would stay in the jar. But jelly or jam, if you turn it upside down, would would absolutely fall out. Anyway, that was just an interesting. I never heard um, if it if you can spill it or it pours. All right, um, let's shift gears here for a minute. Um, we have been our own, on our own personal uh, crusade here on the Travel Guys since day one to get um, junk fees eliminated from the travel economy. All of these BS fees, many of them which are a surprise in restaurants, hotels, airlines, and the like. Um, we got the president on our side last year when he mentioned in the State of the Union address that he also uh, would like to see the end of this. However, as we've gone through the summer, momentum has built very slowly. And if you wonder why that has happened, it's because the lobbying firms for the airlines, the hotels, and the restaurants do not want to see the, any kind of legislation that forces them to eliminate what is called drip pricing. In other words, um, the restaurant would have to prominently display on the top of the menu in bold type that there's a 4.5% employee benefit surcharge added to your bill instead of putting it in three-point type down in the corner. Um, the hotel would have to tell you that there's a $30 a night resort fee, and therefore, way up front, when they first introduce the fare, the cost of the hotel room to you, at $150, would have to tell you it's really $180, not $150, because we're going to tack on this bogus fee. The, the people for the airlines, Airlines for America is their big lobbying group. Their deputy general counsel says that uh, the new policy would only cause customers, get this, confusion and frustration. And besides, the extra costs for bags and other services historically have resulted in very few complaints. In other words, um, fellow consumers, we've just all rolled over and taken it. Um, the, the, here's another quote. Um, did you know the airlines last year, Tom, collected over $6 billion, that's with a B, oh, dollars. Man. That's just in baggage fees. Just in baggage fees. Um, it's it, This has to do with concerts, too, where all of those add-on fees at the end, those those booking fees and fees that are charged now, uh, Live Nation has started posting some of theirs correctly, but still a lot of the concerts and stuff, you're still hit with big fees online. Don't get taken for a sucker. Keep fighting back. Know that these people are now, they're working on trying to get rid of these fees. So um, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Remember, every time you run into one, screech and holler like a banshee. All right. We are the Travel Guys. More information and stuff to make you a smarter traveler. Coming up. Stick around. We'll be here. News Radio. Hey there, my friends. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. I'm Tom Romano, and right over there is uh, Mark Hoffman. All right, let's see. What are we going to talk about here? We're going to delve into the story that we've been following about a pretty incredible uh, cruise. Uh, I was intrigued by this, going on a cruise that would last three years. People were signing up. what was it? They got about 100 people signed up, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It was, uh, I can't recall the price, but it wasn't cheap. What's the latest, Mark? Well, uh, first, the cruise was going to dis- depart from Istanbul, Istanbul, Turkey, on the 1st of November, and then the departure was pushed back 10 days, then it was relocated to the Netherlands, and then it was pushed back a month, still the Netherlands, 
But uh, and finally, on November the seventeenth, just about a week ago, passengers were uh, informed that the cruise was off. Now, the the company that put this together did not own their own cruise ship. This is not Holland America or Princess or something like that. This is a company mm-hmm. that had chartered a uh, ship. They had 111 uh, cabins sold. Um, some of the passengers are still in Istanbul, having made their way to. Um, you know, it was only this was only canceled after it had been been postponed three times. So, um, kind of an icky situation. The other thing is, Tom, imagine this: you're going on a cruise for three years. Now, let's picture yourself being, let's say, oh, in your mid sixties, maybe early seventies, and you've decided that you know you're going to get out of your house and you're going to maybe go into assisted living or something like that. This is going to be a transition time. So you sell all your stuff or you put it in storage or whatever because you're going to go off on this three-year cruise and when you come back, your life is going to be a little bit different than it was. I suspect there are more than a handful of people in that category because it seems like this is something that would appeal to somebody who was maybe in a transitory stage of their life or you've just retired and you're thinking, you know, I'm going to travel and see the world. What a great way to get started. The assisted living tour uh, tra- trip, yeah. the, the cruise, the assisted yeah. living cruise. Well, um, Almost, or not. not I quite. mean, obviously, you'd have to be in fairly decent physical shape to go right, on a right. three-year Just cruise. Kidding. You wouldn't have mm-hmm. to. You wouldn't be in under a doctor's care every day. But still, it seems like that uh, uh, it, a, a cruise ship is a lot of money. I mean, obviously, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to have a cruise ship. So these guys were going, Life at Sea Cruises had planned to, they were going to buy a cruise ship that had been retired by a German subsidy of Carnival uh, Cruise Lines uh, and do it this, and that, that was going to happen this summer. Um, the sale took longer than planned. Eventually it fell through. They tried to get an alternate ship. They have not given up. They are still hoping to launch this three-year cruise at some point in time i'm wondering you know the other thing is what about these people who put up you know at a couple hundred dollars a day uh you do the math that's a lot of money so have these people been scammed i mean is the money gone and if 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 the money is left is enough money left to be able to do what this company this is really an interesting Interesting thing. Um, CNN is all over it, um, but it's uh, for now. It's just kind of up in the air. These folks who have signed up for the cruise, at least 111 of them, um, will have to wait and see what comes of the situation. Really, really a, a a unique kind of travel story because these extended cruise situations didn't even exist until a few years ago. And we know that people have been creating their own itineraries and just getting on a cruise ship and traveling on back-to-back-to-back cruises. My guess is that they might, you know, because a cruise ship empties the ship after every cruise. So I wonder if you were on consecutive cruises like that, would they let you stay on board? Or would they just, maybe, if somebody knows, somebody who's taken cruises like that, send us a note at TravelGuysRadio.com and I'll use your answer on the air. Um, We talked a bit about on this show about switching seats with other passengers. And tra- our friends at Travelers United did a little survey. And they asked folks, there were five choices, um, and here's how people responded. Yes, I was asked to and said yes 
29%. So that's 3 out of 10. Yes, I asked to, I asked to switch with someone, and they said yes, 14%. So that's 43% happy endings to start with. Yes, mm-hmm. I offered to switch so a family could sit together. Somebody observing, perhaps, that, you know, hey, how about if I do this and therefore you can have that? And, you know, I don't have, I'm not surrounded by screaming children and the parent is three rows away. Um, that's called self preservation, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> so that's 15%. So 58% of the people said that they were cool about it. 12% said they had been asked but declined. One in 10. And 30% said they've, they've never switched seats or never even been asked. So of the people who, at, who have been asked, most of them are pretty willing and reasonable. Remember what we t- your strategy for the street s- seat situ- switching situation, say that three times fast, uh-huh. on an aircraft is you've got to have something to sell that's at least equivalent to what you want to buy. So don't try trading a middle seat in the back of the aircraft for an aisle seat in Economy Plus that somebody paid extra for. Because when they politely tell you, no, I'm not going to do that, just understand that, you ask them to give up, oh, say, maybe 100 bucks that they paid for and sit in a miserable location so you could be comfortable and be with whoever you're with. So if you're looking to get an aisle seat, make sure you got an aisle seat to trade. If you're looking to get a window seat, then make sure you've got an aisle or a window to trade. Um, or if you're trying to move into a middle seat next to someone... Why then, if you're sitting in an aisle or a window, then you've you've that that's a fair situation. So, but remember that in some cases, someone's lack of willingness may not just be that they're being rude or they want to be mean and nasty. They may have paid for that particular situation. Also, there are people of all kinds of uh, physical problems. You know, I know a guy who's got a bad left leg, so he's always got to be on the aisle on the right side of the plane. So if you came and asked him to trade, he'd be happy to trade with you as long as you had an aisle seat on the right side of the plane. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, the answer would be no. It's not because he wants to be mean to you. It's because he paid money to be comfortable. And sorry that you didn't, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Anyways, most folks are reasonable when it comes to switching on airplanes. And before we end this segment here, I wanted to just take a minute. Um, I was in... Plains, Georgia, just a few weeks ago, and of course we didn't have the opportunity to see the Carters there. They have become um, somewhat recluse um, in in later years. Jimmy and uh, uh, Rosalind were out at a peanut festival in Plains um, around Mr. Carter's 99th birthday a ways back. Of course, Rosalind Carter passed away last week, and um, so farewell to her. Um, 77-year marriage coming to an end there. Um, President Carter is still alive. They are going to be buried together um, in Plains, Georgia, outside the home that they lived in. So mm-hmm. um, anyways, a, a fond farewell. She was the second longest li- living. Only Beth Truman lived to be older than 96 um, than uh, Rosalind Carter. So farewell to Mrs. Carter and the best to former President Carter, and if you ever get an opportunity to get to Georgia, if you like presidential history, and you get mm-hmm. an opportunity to go to Georgia and go to the Carter Library in in Atlanta, make sure that you allow enough time to drive out to Plains and see that little town, because it's really an important part of the whole story, and of course that's where um, the former president and his uh, late wife will be laid to rest. 
All right, we are the travel and entertainment guys. And speaking of entertainment, it's that time of the year where you're having office parties and getting together with family and friends. I want to remind you, don't forget about our buddies over at uh, Rudy's uh, Lobster House uh, right off of Hazel Avenue, a great place. If you are if you haven't already scheduled a, a party for your office, uh, you can still do that. Or if you're looking for catering, of course, uh, Rudy's has the best lobsters and steak and crab and... If anybody's ever eaten there, they've never been disappointed, uh, and I don't think you will be either. Here's the good news, though, the really good news for Travel Guys listeners, okay? We've got a Travel Guys special going on at Rudy's right now. Just go in and tell them that you want the Travel Guys special. Here's what it is. A six-ounce lobster tail with a nice uh, variety of stuff to go with it, the rice pilaf, the fresh vegetables, butter the sourdough bread which is always outstanding it's only 29.95 we call it the travel guy special we haven't had very many of these except for with you know uh with sports leisure vacations so you go on in tell them we sent you ask for the travel guy special six ounce lobster with all the works uh again rudy's hideaway can be found right there off of hazel avenue and highway 50 all right coming up out uh, Tijuana. Looks like uh, there's a, a mainline U.S. flight headed that way. Details next here on the Travel Guys. What is that? That's the opening theme to something. I can't remember what it is. I don't uh, know, but I like hey it. There. Yeah, it's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. You Sac State alumni, if you haven't been paying attention, Sac State's uh, in the playoffs again this year. We eked in, I don't know how, but we did. We lost to Davis in the Causeway Classic last week, and everybody thought that was going to be the end. But Sac State's in North Dakota and is leading 28-14 to at the end of the third, so... Looks like we hang in there. We could be moving on to uh, another layer of the playoffs. And uh, all right, let's get to it here, Mark. Uh, non-stops to Tijuana. I, I, this, is this something new? It is something new. I have always wondered, and I'm sure there are lots of reasons, and I probably could have looked into this and found it out, but San Diego is very close, obviously, to the border with Mexico, mm-hmm. and Tijuana is just over the just over the border. So you could probably make an argument that the reason this hasn't happened before this is because San Diego is so close to the international border. But American Airlines has launched a a route between Phoenix and Tijuana, Um, one flight a day. It's a 76-passenger flight that it hasn't started yet. It's going to start in a few weeks. And this is the first time that an American uh, mainline carrier, in this case it is American Airlines, but in this case... First time an American mainline carrier has offered a flight from the Tijuana airport. Um, and you might say, well, you know, obviously it's just a, with San Diego, it's just a small airport, but it's not. Um, it has about 135 flights a day, which makes it reasonably close in size to our airport here in Sacramento in terms of number of flights. We have a few more than that a day. but um, So it gives you an idea. There's a lot of flights flying into that airport. And so American is going to try to take advantage of that and tap into, um, at least on a starting basis, I suspect that you will see that if this works, that all of the airlines will be doing that sometime soon. Wouldn't it be cool if you could get on a Southwest flight in Sacramento and get off in Tijuana? 
Maybe not. Um, <laughs> well, that town has a reputation for being, shall we just say, wide open. Would be. You no, know, I can't believe it. All these years, I have never, never been to Tijuana. I've heard stories. Uh, yeah. Even. Uh, co-wrote a song about Tijuana, but I've never been there. You've never been there. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, we'll How about have you? Uh, I have been there. I passed through a couple of times many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. Um, so never as a, never really as a destination or anything like that. So uh, let's see. We talked about uh, voluntary or involuntary bumping from a flight. And I got a note in the Travel Guys mailbox. By the way, uh, we need to go to the mailbag next week. I've got like about, oh, 40 questions here. Um, I try to answer them all. If you send me a note off the Travel Guys website, I will answer you personally. And then some of the ones that are more interesting or that I think are are unique or pose a good question, uh, we will we save those. And we will have an extended mailbag section next week. Uh, next week so that uh, we can answer some of those questions online. But anyway, we were talking about getting involuntarily bumped from a flight and that I was on a flight a couple weeks ago where they were aggressively asking people to get off and they got up to $2,000 to get off of a flight from uh, from Denver to Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. And finally someone took them up on it. And I mentioned at the time that because of where I was seated that I had overheard the fact that they were willing actually to go higher than that. Keep in mind, this is a flight with probably a, an airfare of two to three hundred dollars. Um, and also, interestingly enough, Tom, I found in 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 reading later the reason they gave for having to take people off the plane was weight and balance. Technically, that's a situation where the airlines can just put you off the plane. They don't have to give you anything. They can just say, "Look, you know, you, 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 and you, for whatever wow, reason, really? you're uh-huh. coming off because this plane is too heavy." And it can't fly this way, and we've decided that you're getting off, and you're not, you don't. So I watched the airline give away, let's see, $3,000, $5,000, $7,000 worth of compensation. Um, admittedly, it was funny money, but that's still a pretty big chunk of funny money cash. So uh, you say that in regards, they, they had the right uh, legally to just yes. pick people, and so. Wait, wait and balance is that, situations. This all about, okay, so this is, was all about. An attempt to make a good customer appreciation uh, a decision, you know, yeah. rather than just, just randomly picking. Yeah, uh, either that or they were lying, which is a possibility, too. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there weren't people standing there saying, hey, you got to get off the plane so I can get a seat. They literally took these people off and didn't put them back, you know, and left those seats empty. But yeah, I, I tend to, you know, things that airlines tell me, I tend to, t- tend to take with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, because as we mentioned earlier in the program, they're lobbying. Um, people are, are prone to say just about anything. I mean, imagine saying that, that the customers are, are happy with what, with the, with being, notified late in the pro- buying a ticket process that, oh, here's some fees we didn't bother to mention or some things you're going to have to pay. I can't imagine anybody being happy with a situation like that. Anyways, back to the mailbag and the being involuntarily bumped from a flight. Um, one of our Travel Guys listeners, Ray, wrote in and said uh, he had encountered just such, such this situation a couple days, days after listening to uh, my rant on the radio about uh, on the program about uh, what people got. So he said he used that information. And he said, he said they were looking for nine volunteers because the flight was oversold. 
Mm-hmm. So literally, this was a case where there were people who were waiting to occupy those seats, and they would have had to compensate the people who didn't get on the plane if somebody didn't get off. So they're just trying to make everybody happy. So this gentleman sat there, and he said uh, it was an Albany, New York to Boston flight. He said the ticket cost me a couple hundred dollars. He said when they got up to $750, he said I got up and went up to the front of the plane and told them that if they would put me on the next flight in two hours, that uh, it, was, it was actually about two hours and 45 minutes, and if the offer was $1,250, that he would get off the plane. <laughs> and he said, by God, they because they only need one more volunteer, he said, they said, okay. So he got 1250 bucks uh, in funny money, and, and his airfare refunded, and they bought him dinner in the Albany airport. So, How cool is uh, that? Wow. So he just wrote in to say thank you because he said if I hadn't have heard your little spiel about that, he said I probably would have taken the 750. He said instead I got so when you you encounter one of those situations like we said it's a poker game um whether or not you know how much they're going to give you or how much you're going to get but you know sometimes you can push the envelope don't give in too soon. All right. Um lots of folks travel with assistive devices, wheelchairs, scooters, things like that that allow people who have very limited mobility to be able to fly on airplanes and go and visit people and conduct business and all kinds of stuff um, because the airline can handle their wheelchair, their scooter, etc. The only problem is that um, not every airline is well-versed in how to handle this stuff. People who use these devices will tell you that um, they have had situations where it's always a crapshoot when you get off the airplane and they bring your chair out to you as to whether or not it's going to actually be in working condition. Now, imagine getting halfway across the country or around the world or even down the street, for that matter, and you're dependent upon a wheelchair to be able to get from point A to point B. And you get off the airplane and the wheelchair comes out and one of the wheels is bent or and somehow it's broken so it doesn't work. How the heck are you supposed to get out of the airport even? Yeah, they got to be responsible for that sort of thing. So uh, the Department of Transportation uh, has compiled some information um, talking about mishandled baggage, wheelchairs, and scooters. And then last week we got a catalyst. Sometimes you just need a catalyst. Well, an airline worker... Uh, let a wheelchair go down or down one of those chutes, down from where the plane is, down to the ground level. Just let it go maliciously. And, of course, the thing, when it got down to the bottom, it, it kind of exploded a little bit. Well, it's gone viral. And it's gone so viral, you can see it at TravelGuysRadio.com if you want to. An example of how at least a couple of airline employees chose to handle this wheelchair. Um, and, wow, it's just, it's amazing. But I think... That this one little video has gotten a lot of people's attention and that we may get, like I say, imagine getting to the other end of the airport and finding out that uh, they bring your chair down and uh, it's all broken up or it's not usable in some way or your scooter or whatever it is. And suddenly now, I mean, I just can't even imagine that would be like, um, you know, being in an airport and telling, you know, somebody telling you that. Uh, you have no transportation. No one's coming to get you. You can't call a cab. You're just going to be here in the airport for an undetermined period of time. Anyways, looks like the airlines and other people who handle those chairs are going to have to be a little bit more careful. I have a quick Thanksgiving story here. How much time do I have left, Thomas? You've got a minute and a few uh, 20 seconds. When Mrs. O'Neill told her first graders to draw a picture of something for which they were thankful, she briefly thought how little many of these children who lived in a deteriorating neighborhood actually had to be thankful for. 
She expected that most of the class would draw pictures of turkeys or bountiful laden Thanksgiving tables. What took Mrs. O'Neill aback was Douglas's picture. Douglas was very shy and likely to be found in her shadow each day as they went outside for recess. Douglas's drawing was simply a hand. But whose hand? She asked the class, which seemed captivated by his image. I think it must be the hand of God that brings us food, one student said. A farmer, said another, because they grow the turkeys. It looks more like a policeman and they protect us, one student said. One other said it's supposed to be all the hands that help us, but Douglas could only draw one of them. Mrs. O'Neill had almost forgotten Douglas in her pleasure at finding the class so responsive. When she looked at Douglas and asked him whose hand it was, he said, it's your hand, teacher. That was when Mrs. O'Neill recalled that she had taken Douglas by the hand from time to time, as she often did with the children. But that should have meant so much to Douglas that gave her pause. Perhaps she reflected this was her Thanksgiving and everyone's. Not the material things given to us, but the small things, we, ways that we give things to others. Giving others a hand once in a while. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. All right, friends, you stay well. We'll see you next time here on The Travel Guys.